Welcome to Speak for Yourself. I'm Marcellus Wiley. He's Emmanuel Acho. Let's get it started in Milwaukee. Oh, this is going to be fun because the Bucks they eliminated the Bulls last night behind a game-high 33 points from Giannis. But it's not all good news. Acho, you ready? Reports say their all-star Chris Middleton is expected to miss the entire second round with an MCL strain. Next up for the defending champs are the red-hot Celtics, who just swept the net. So, Acho, I can hear it in your voice, and you ain't even said nothing yet. <laughs> How much trouble are the Bucks in against the Celtics? None. No, oh, God. Bucks ain't in no trouble, y'all. Everybody calm down. But we got to really think about this, Cell, and this ain't going to be crazy. Think about what trouble is, right? Trouble is when you are in a situation where something has gone wrong mm. or something unexpected happened. Mm. I think about one time I was driving from Dallas to Austin, Interstate 35, straight shot three hours. <laughs> it's roughly 187 miles. 187? 187. Oh, they got, ooh. I Kill ran em. out of gas at about mile 35. Broke ass. What you? <laughs> I was in trouble. Because all of a sudden, something gone went wrong. Well, yeah. What I thought was going to be my reality, just mm-hmm. a smooth sailing trip, was mm-hmm. not at all. Trouble occurs when something goes wrong, when something unexpected happens, when you mm-hmm. are in a predicament. Think about, Sal, when you get in trouble in class. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. you sent to the tension. Something mm-hmm. has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. For this Bucks team, mm-hmm. they're facing the Celtics in round two. Mm-hmm. Nothing has gone wrong for this Bucks team. They expected to be here versus the Celtics. Now, did they expect to be here versus with Chris Middleton? Absolutely. But I don't think they are in trouble. trouble. I think they are in reality. I think they are in oh, the situation. Oh, I don't oh, think they're in trouble. Oh. I don't think that this is any sort of like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Mm. Typically, trouble also implies that you are worried. When my car ran out of gas, so I was worried. Where is the nearest gas station? Now I got to Uber to a gas station. I got to get the red canisters. We've talked about that before oh, on the oh, show. Yeah. You, you got to get the red yeah. canisters. Yeah. So you didn't have gas money, but you had Uber money? <laughs> Credit card? <laughs> Look at you, leverage. I had to get I had to Uber to the gas station, <laughs> get the red canister, fill up the uh, the red canister with yeah. some gas, oh, Uber back to the car, oh. put the gas from the canister into the car, get into the car, drive to the gas station, and fill up the tank. I was in trouble, trouble. at that point in time. <laughs> okay. I was worried. Mm-hmm. Giannis isn't worried. Oh, he's not? The Bucks are not worried. Uh, the, the team is not worried. The squad is not worried. I, as a fan, am not worried. So mm-hmm. the Celtics are not in trouble. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to be here. Now they are here. There is no need to worry. This is not like they go into detention. It's not like they ran out of gas. This is not trouble. Mm-hmm. This is just another situation. This is just another Thursday. Oh, okay. So you're missing your second leading score, and you're going to tell me this is not trouble? Huh. Let me have some fun with you, first of all. Trouble, trouble, trouble. People at home get this. Walk it off. That's some old Bernie Mac. Rest in peace. Trouble, trouble, trouble. You say, oh, trouble, you know, about the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it expected that Middleton would be missing in the second round? That sounds unexpected to me, Acho. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Walk it off. Uh, weren't you guys expecting as the defending champions, you know, after the big toe game and beating the Nets last year and winning your championship, that y'all would have home court, but you don't have home court against this team? Trouble, trouble, trouble. Man, will you stop? Do you know what happens to the Bucks without Chris Middleton? The win percentage goes down. The points per game goes down. And you're playing the Boston Celtics. Let me nickname them after seeing them against KD, seeing them against Kyrie, seeing them against the Nets. That's a death by a thousand paper cuts. Everywhere you go, you're going to know you've been in a fight, even if you get that bucket off. Everywhere Kevin Durant went on that court, he was assaulted. 
Kyrie Irving assaulted to the point where the depth of the Boston Celtics and the fact that they were out there slicing and dicing affected even Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now, you think this is not going to have an effect on Giannis by himself? Giannis, this is a great setup for you to become a legend. I'm not even going to hold it against him if he loses in this round, which I think he will. Because without Chris Middleton, there's not a chance in hell, I feel, that he's going to make it past this round and survive this. Because all of their efforts will be focused in on one guy when you saw what they did to two guys. Come on, big dog. Let's just be real about it. Expect it or not, they're in a situation that they're not prepared for. Therefore, they're stranded and therefore it's over. No, well, first and foremost, it's definitely not over. It's over. Secondly, remember who you're talking about. Who? Don't speak about Giannis as you speak about Kevin Durant. Please Why? never make Why? that mistake Oh, you're right, because Kevin Durant better until Giannis proves something like this. Except last time they played each other, we saw. Well, we are big happened. talk. Pedicure uh-huh. game. Pedicure. Um, mm-hmm. Remember who Giannis is and put some respect on that name. Giannis is the reigning finals MVP. Yeah, Giannis is a more recent two-time player of the year. Giannis is the most recent two-time back-to-back NBA MVP. Remember who Giannis Ugo Atetokounmpo is. Remember from where he hails. Remember from which he reigns. Um, so he's not in trouble because I love how you say they are going to collapse and focus all their attention on Giannis. Remember, Bulls did that. And that's where Pat, Pat Connaughton started getting buckets on. Oh. Like, Giannis oh. spoke oh. about that in the post game. Oh. He said, I trust my teammates. My teammates trust me. So Giannis is not worried. Remember what Giannis has done as of late. Remember, Giannis in closeout games, because here's what we know. This game, this series, is not going to be easy for anybody. Mm. But Giannis in the last three closeout games, <laughs> 41 points, roughly 13 boards, and look at his plus or minus. When he is on the court, it is doomsday for the opposing team. Why is that important? Because when it's time for Giannis to put the nail in the coffin last night, 33 points, 12 boards. When it was time for Giannis to put the nail in the coffin against the Suns, 50 points. When it was time for Giannis to put the nail in the coffin against the Nets last year, 40 points. Giannis in closeout games, both this year when he closed out the Bulls last night and most recently last year when he closed out the Suns to win the finals and when he closed out your Nets, he comes through. This is not trouble, Sal. Trouble. I anticipate getting stumped on a question when I take the SAT. Oh. I anticipate Ish will hit the fan when I play a game in the National Football League. That is not trouble. That is just what you expect to happen happening. Remember Giannis hyperextended his knee in the playoffs last year. Remember Giannis turned an ankle in the playoffs two years ago. You anticipate things are going to happen. And played. Talk to any great coach Mm -hmm. of any major sport, Mm. and they will tell you, When you get to big-time moments, I'll tell you this. (laughs) Prepare for the unexpected. Did they whisper like that, too? Hopefully. Prepare for the unexpected. Have you been told that? Yes, yes. You have to. So if you are the Bucks. All that happened is what you already knew was going to happen. You didn't know if it was going to happen to Middleton, if it was going to happen to Drew, if it was going to happen to Giannis, mm. if it was going to happen to Lopez. If you didn't know who it was going to happen to. Somebody. But you didn't know this much. What? Something was going to happen to somebody at some point in time. Mm. What happened to the Nets? Prepare for the unexpected. Kevin Durant, ice cold. What happened to the Suns? Prepare for the unexpected. Devin Booker, where are you at? What happened to the Hawks? Prepare for the unexpected. Trey Young, 16 points in a game. What happened to the Bucks? Prepare for the unexpected. Chris Middleton hurt. What happened to the Heat? Prepare for the unexpected. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, out. 
Everybody in these playoffs are facing issues. And if you haven't faced one yet, you're going to face one tomorrow. So for me, this Bucks team is not in trouble. They are in the playoffs. Mm. Take trouble. It's the okay. playoffs. Okay. Building the adversity, as Coach would say. He wouldn't necessarily whisper it. You know, I was told that a bunch in my career. NFL career, 10 years long, decades strong. I was told that all the time. Build in the unexpected, the adversity. Ask me how many Super Bowls I won. <laughs> oh, ask the, ask the Golden State Warriors when Draymond was suspended. Or Golden State Warriors when KD got hurt. Or when Steph was hurt. Uh, ask the Cleveland Cavaliers when... God, Kevin Love was hurt. Oh, Kyrie was hurt. My point is, everybody you're naming... They realize that there is a limitation that occurs. And let me just explain the limitation of now your Milwaukee Bucks. Middleton was used in nine of the Bucks' 10 favorite lineups. They went out there with 10 different sets of players. And in nine of them, Chris Middleton was in there. So he has an effect, an impact. They're going to put all the focus on Giannis. And Giannis is shooting 15%. Yeah, I said it right, y'all. 15% from three. Okay, so 68% from the free throw line. Sound like we're going to do some hacking Giannis as well. Let's talk about the fact that they were seven and nine in the 16 games without Middleton. That's a losing record, Acho. Let's talk about the fact that you're saying they beat the Bulls and they faced the unexpected and still was able to surpass the Bulls. You mean the Bulls team that has the worst offense of all postseason teams? Now you're facing the best defense of all postseason teams in the Boston Celtics. <sighs> this is going to be trouble. And it's okay because you're going to say either Giannis, you can't beat us. We're going to just go death by a thousand paper because everywhere you go, we're going to put bodies on you. And these are all not small bodies. They're all not market smart. They got big boys, too. Or we're going to say, Giannis, do what you do. Well, who else is going to beat us? Drew Holiday's your second leading scorer now, 16 points. Other guys are going to try to rise to the occasion. But here's the thing. you got to rise to the occasions. This is a series. you got to get four wins. Mm-hmm. And you don't have home court. I hate to paint this ugly picture because I know you don't want to stare at it. But in reality, dog, it's a sign. It says trouble. Here's the thing. I love the Celtics. So it's not oh, okay. even as though I'm a hater. I love the Celtics. I love the Bucks. Here we go. But the problem with what you are saying is you're not assessing the here and now. You said the Bulls got the worst postseason offense. Well, the Bulls played against the Bucs, so that's just a testament to the Bucs. Mm-hmm. You say that the Celtics have the best postseason defense. Kudos to the Celtics. Now, I think that's a testament to the Celtics, but as we know, Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving did not have their best days. But the Bulls struggling in the postseason, shout out to Giannis. Furthermore, though, we have to look at it like this, Sel. I don't care that the Bucs were 7-9 and nine without Chris Middleton in the regular season. Mm. They're 3-0. and oh. Or they've won three games without Chris Middleton mm-hmm. in a postseason. Mm-hmm. And this is a detail that you must pay attention to in this series. Because yeah. remember, the, the, the Celtics swept. The Bucs played five. But what's so fascinating, the most fascinating thing about this upcoming matchup, Jason Tatum, 42 minutes per game. What Giannis play? Just 33 minutes a game in his series. So what does that mean? What? Jason Tatum played as many minutes in his four games oh. as Giannis played in his five games. So you're games. hoping he ties? No, I'm just saying at a minimum they're equal. You feel me? Like, I'm not even hoping nothing for nobody. What I'm saying is Jason Tatum has played as many minutes, even though he played one less game, <laughs> as Giannis has played thus far. Truly, Jason Tatum has actually played three more minutes than Giannis has played, but I will spare you all the minutia. The Bucks eight and nine in their last, uh, in their last nine playoff games. When I look around, I don't look at trouble. When I look around, I look at everybody in the playoffs. Most teams have faced an injury. 
And if they haven't faced an injury yet, they are going to. Oh. And if they haven't faced yeah. an injury, they faced a disappearing player. So what the Bucks have done is already faced what everybody else going to face anyway. They just got it out the way, unfortunately speaking. Yeah. So I don't think it's trouble sale. I truly just think Let's it's talk. the playoffs, dog. Everybody got cats hurt. Bucks got somebody yeah. hurt. It happens. Yeah, every team has cats hurt. Boston doesn't really that they need right now. First round they did, but now he's coming back, and he's been back. How many teams win the championship? Anybody? Oh, one. One, sir. So if everybody's hurt, only one of them going to smile at the end through all that pain yes, of sir. the injury, right? Correct. Right. But everybody's not hurt. Let's not cook these stats like you just try to cook my stat on the hurt Chicago will be. Oh, 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 oh you predict it now. Oh, you, pre- you don't predict trouble, but you predict injury. Interesting. You know who had the worst offensive rating coming into the playoffs? I'm sorry, because I know you try to cook my stat. It was the Chicago Bulls. Wasn't about Giannis and them. It was that y'all of all the teams in the playoffs. That offense right there. Interesting. Let's see how it plays out. And it did play out exactly as expected. Celtics faced a Nets team with a 26 point per game KD and a 21 point per game Kyrie. <laughs> and a Nets team that shot 50% from the field in that series. And they still got swept. Now they're going to face a team that doesn't shoot as well and only has one score over 20 points. We know his name, Giannis, and you say the rest. And you saying there's no trouble? Man, will you stop with this? I want to put you right now on the Boston Celtics. Sure. Can you please speak to how you are going to attack the Milwaukee Bucks and give them trouble? If I'm the Boston Celtics, it's very simple. Pack the paint. It's the, it's the same thing that the Bulls did. And truth be told, you remember, it's the same thing the Suns tried to do. But the Bulls aren't the Celtics. So even if you try to do the same thing, it doesn't matter if you don't have the personnel, you don't have the dog. I agree with you, but we have to look at what happened with these Bucks. What? These Bucks didn't just beat the Bulls. Okay. That's what people don't understand. What, what the remember, Bulls? the Celtics beat the Nets. The but Bulls? to your point, game one, reverse layup wins by one mm-hmm. point. Game two, you win by seven. Game three, like the Celtics beat the Net, and I will not take nothing from them because I love me some Celtics. The Bulls un excuse me the the Bucks, Bucks yeah. undressed the Bulls. Mm. Like the reason Giannis only had to play 33 minutes mm. out of 48. Giannis was sitting a quarter plus a game is because the Bucks had undressed the Bulls. Mm. They won by 16. They won by 26. Against a lesser they won opponent. by 30. Against a lesser opponent. Uh, no doubt about it. Oh, beyond was, lesser, because you know the Nets were favored to win it all. All of that. Okay. All, I'm okay. giving you all of that. Okay. But what all I'm that. saying all is right. the Bucs weren't playing with their food. So it's not just that the Bucs were better than the Bulls. Mm. The Bucs were significantly better than the Bulls. So mm. they beat the Bulls by 30 without Chris Middleton. They beat the Bulls by 26 without Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. beat the Bulls by 16 without Chris Middleton and Giannis playing 30 minutes. So, no, I don't think there's trouble. Mm. I think that it is a now, – now it's a fair matchup. Oh, really? Giannis, Chris Middleton, I think the Bucks likely would have won in five or six. Yeah. Now, Giannis is going to have to bring his hard hat and bring his lunch pail each and every day. Which he but does. To day. say trouble is to make it seem as though, like, Giannis is worried. To say trouble oh, is to worried. make it seem as though the Bucks are worried. To yeah. say trouble is to make it seem as though the Bucks are for sure going to lose the series. I mm. think it's going to be a good series, and I think Giannis got to come with it. But it's going to be a good series, and Giannis is going to have to come with it regardless. Well, look, I, look, I'm with you in this regard. Maybe Giannis doesn't think he's going to face any trouble. You want to know why? 
Because Giannis doesn't watch basketball, as we hear, right? Giannis doesn't watch basketball. It stresses him out watching the sport, and he can't do anything to hang with his family. That's fine. But you don't see the trouble coming then, because these Boston Celtics are not the Chicago Bulls. And those Chicago Bulls also lost one of those games with Zach Levine, all-star, mm-hmm. missing. So it's not apples to apples. Oh, I saw one team in the regular season finish 30 and six, hottest team in the East. Oh, I saw one team out there have the best record against Eastern Conference playoff teams. Boston Celtics, both categories. Okay, it's one thing not to see trouble, and it's another thing to face trouble and didn't know you're not prepared for the trouble because you didn't see it coming. Fine, walk through that alley and think it's going to be smooth selling Giannis if you want to and you by yourself. All you're going to hear is, Ricky! Because Giannis, here they come blasting. Coming up, week three action in the USFL. Kicks off this weekend. The fight, Nacho. But we're giving you a couple stars to watch later. But first, it's Debo Samuel trade rumors. They ain't dying down. We'll tell you if the 49ers will be making a mistake if they trade them next on Speak for Yourself. I say uh, Celtics and Six. NFL draft is a few hours away, and the big question is will the 49ers trade their all-pro, do-it-all, wide receiver running back hybrid, Debo Samuel? Now, the Niners said recently they have no desire to trade the all-pro receiver, but a report says the Jets will make a, quote, godfather offer Mm. for Samuel, meaning an offer they can't refuse. Mm. And New York does have two picks in the top ten of the first round. New York's new general manager, Joe Douglas, we all know what he's about. Debo Samuel, a beast, we know what he's about. So, Sal, would the 49ers be making a mistake trading Debo Samuel? Absolutely, they would be making a mistake. Um, Let's not even talk about who Debo Samuel is to the 49ers first. Let's just talk about what the 49ers think about Debo Samuel. Did you wake up wanting this to happen? Did you wake up one day and say, I hope Debo Samuel doesn't want to be a 49er? No. So don't let now Debo Samuel and his trade demands punk you into something you don't want to do. And that's a life lesson for y'all out there walking around and somebody just tries to instigate you into situations you don't want to be in. Don't take that bait. If I'm the 49ers, I ain't taking that bait. Dude bumped me in the club while I'm in Vegas. He just bumped me in the club in Vegas. It ain't about to make me fight, mess up my Gucci's. I got him on today. Y'all going to see. And then uh, hey, we ain't going there. So if I'm the 49ers, I hear you, Debo. We're going to have to have some emotional calm in this conversation. Now, what is Debo to the 49ers? Oh, man, he is all substance. Not necessarily in style because without Debo Samuel, they actually have a better passing game by the numbers, but not by the wins. <laughs> Debo Samuel on that field, 66 win percentage. Without him? 36. Oh, we need Debo Samuel on our team. So I'm just looking at it simply. There's going to be this godfather package out there, right? They're going to just throw everything at you. And we know what they threw to get Tyreek Hill from Kansas City to Miami Dolphins. Five draft picks, a first, a second, a fourth, and two picks in the 2023 draft. Green Bay, they lost Devontae Adams, a first and a second. So if you throw something that way, all of a sudden you got to look at Debo Samuel despite his value to your organization as any other player. We're all expendable. So be careful, Debo Samuel. You might get what you wish for just because some other team may throw that godfather playing at him. Sell, buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. high. That's what you hear. Um, Debo Samuel was bought relatively low for his talent. He was not drafted in the first round for the San Francisco 49ers. He was drafted in the second round. They bought Debo Samuels low. Mm. And what we all know about the market 
is buy low and sell high. Ah. Debo Samuel is as high as he will ever be, statistically speaking. Okay. First team All-Pro. One of the best receivers in football. Mm. Statistically, he had a greater season than that of Tyree Kill, than that of Stephon Diggs, than that of Devontae Adams. Statistically speaking, he is as high as a receiver can get. If we know that not just in football, but in life, you're supposed to buy low and sell high, mm. then why would the 49ers not want to execute that methodology to perfection? Mm. You bought Debo Samuel low. Check. Now you can sell him as high as possible. We talking first round picks for Debo. You have to make that happen. I look at it like this. Wow. Debo had such a phenomenal season, but the question is why? Ah, offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, first time offensive coordinator. Under Mike McDaniel, Debo's yards per carry increased mm. by 88%. Mm. Debo's yards per reception increased by 54%. But Mike McDaniel is no longer here. So the secret to Debo's success is now in South Beach. So if I'm looking at it Ooh. and I've got Debo, but Debo no longer has Mike, and without Mike, Debo is not necessarily that same Debo, I got to buy him low, which I've already done, and I got to sell him high. We know football as much as we love it as a game of combat. It's truly a game of chess. Oh, let's talk. Let's talk. You got pawns. You got bishops. You got rooks. You got knights. You got kings and you got queens. It's all just one game of chess. Damn. Now the question is, which one are you? Debo was drafted as a knight, so to speak. He could do some things, but we didn't know he could do everything. Debo has made himself a king, but relatively speaking, if we're talking chess, a queen, because he can do it all. He can go anywhere. Mm. If you have Debo and you have upgraded him in perception, get rid of him while you can get the most for him. Buy low, sell high. I'll end it with a, a, a barbershop conversation. Greatest conversations I have on the Fox lot aren't necessarily on set. What you mean? Somebody somebody cooler than I'm me on sorry, this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who? Who? Name. It's, it's not Number. on set. What you mean? It's the offset conversations with you. Because I'm mic'd up. That's the only reason. Or the barbershop conversations. I'm sitting with Reggie yesterday. Reggie Bush. Um, oh, obviously, employed oh, a network, friend of the oh, show. Just because he's more famous than me. He ain't funnier than me. Let's I'm go. sitting with Reg, and he was talking about coming out of college. Mm. He's like, bro, I could have come back for my senior year. Mm. He's like, but my stock price was so high after my junior season. Right. Why would I come back? You got to leave when you on top of the world. Yeah, that's right. He was like, bro, if Matt Leiner comes out that year before on top of the world, who knows where Matt would have went? Oh, you know, I remember that. Matt Leiner likely goes number one, gets drafted ahead of Alex Smith. Yeah. If he comes out the year before, Leiner stays. We know what happens. USC loses to Texas. Mario Williams won. Reggie Bush, Vince Young, Leiner goes six. You got to go while you can go. Debo Samuels last year statistically was balling. Debo Samuel, now is the time sale to make that move from him. Oh, uh, deep. A little jealous of that Reggie stuff. How many times you get your hair cut a week? <laughs> Chill out, dog. Stay on set with me. Um, you keep talking about Debo buying low and selling high. You keep talking like that. Kaepernick going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Reggie better than that? All right, here we go. Let me get back on topic. <laughs> Let's beat up Debo. We got to do that. As an organization, you got to beat him up. Look, sure. he wants to leave. Let's make it easy on ourselves to say, hey, let's let him leave. So we're going to beat up Debo. Call me Craig right now. Craig, Craig. All right. Debo, since you've been in the league, big dog, uh, I remember last year you started 15 games. But before that, you only started 16 games in total. Mm. Before last year, you only had four receiving touchdowns. And last year, you had six. 
Since you've been in the league, big dog, 45th, 4-5 in receptions, 25th in receiving yards. Can we live without Debo? And can we live with a first-round pick, maybe another first-round pick, a certain second-round pick, and other multiple picks? Absolutely. All I know is there's going to be a grand effect on this win-loss percentage if Debo Samuel's not there, coupled with the fact that we don't know what's going on with Jimmy G and his health or Jimmy G on the roster in terms of is he going to stay or is he going to be a part of a trade package? Too many unknowns right now for me to be in this position to risk it. I'm looking at this situation. There's so many smart people in the room. John Lynch, right? Supposed to be Kyle Shanahan. But where are the receipts of this intelligence? Because if we want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and say they were dynastic, well, not really, but they won a championship what do you call the San Francisco 49ers of the last few years? They went to the Super Bowl, gave up a lead, and since then, what have they done in terms of ultimate team success? Now, you're going to take away one centerpiece of that success, potentially two pieces to get multiple unknowns. The smart people in the room need to show receipts, Acho. It's time for them to get over that hump. And right now, at least on paper, I don't see how you get over that hump if you don't have Debo Samuel on your roster. Okay, let's look at it like this, Sal. Let's um, go. Let's go. When you buy a car, do you buy it and keep it till the wheels fall off? No. Or do you buy it and you trade it in? Trade it in. Lease. Why? I'm a leaser. I feel it. Well, I'm a, now, Why? here's the thing. I keep it until oh, the wheels fall reasons. off. But yeah, talk uh, to me. Educate two me. Two reasons. Um, because my business entities yes, is sir. a write-off leasing. But two, I like to stay in something fresh. So after three years, not only the depreciation goes to another level, but more importantly, all of the issues with the car usually step up at that time. So that. you got a bucket by there. We are not general managers, so we can speak a little more insensitively. Sorry, y'all. Mm. Um, NFL players are viewed to some degree as vehicles. Marcellus Wiley said it best. After three years, uh, the depreciation starts to kick in. But more importantly, after three years, the issues start to arise. Debo Samuels, he boasts a wide receiver and a running back. After several years, their issues are going to start to arise, I believe, physically. But more importantly, the reason several people trade in a whip is because you might as well get something back of value. Mm. I keep my cars till the wheels fall off. It's not the wisest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. but I just ride them to the dirt. I buy one, I keep it eight, nine years, push it, it's all good, buy a new one. But most people trade their car in because before it now becomes of no value, let me get something for it. Debo Samuel is going to run out of his contract at the end of this year. You got to look at Debo Samuel like you look at your whip. At the end of this year, mm. I might not get anything from Debo because his contract is up. So Debo can just walk in free agency, and now I got nothing from him. Like Emmanuel Lacho with the car, he drove it to the ground. Now we can't get anything from it. Or like Marcellus Wiley, mm. I could trade that car back in. I could trade that car back in, and now I could get a new whip in exchange for it. Mm. So rather than sitting here and just letting Debo Samuel play this year out and then you get nothing for him, you might as well trade him, get a couple picks for him, and those picks you get now have new four-year contracts. Get something while Debo Samuel is still of value to you as opposed to the end of the season when he can just walk in free agency and you get nothing in return. Well, I'm not going that strong, even though that was a great parallel. I'm not going that strong. I still see value in Debo. I'm still going to push him. We hit Crenshaw, and I'm riding in Debo right now talking about how he looks but that explains your dusty bentley that's why that thing dusty you riding until the wheels fall off here we go i can't get rid of him right now i have questions about debo see this is a tough position the organization is in they can't say exactly how they really feel about debo because let's be real he's been inconsistent or 
there's some unknowns. Can you consistently back up these great efforts? You're a one-time All-Pro. Can we see two? So I can play Debo next year in the middle of the season. Like, yo, that is Debo. It was injuries before. Him not just getting traction in the system or changes in terms of personnel and obviously on the sidelines at coordinator. Debo's for real. He solidified. Okay, let's give him what he wants in terms of contract extension. Debo will stay, I would assume, in San Francisco if they met his demands. But right now, they're probably not meeting his demands because realistically, they're like, Debo, back it up. Back it up. One season in the NFL is amazing enough to your mama and your daddy and your grandma and them. But to an organization, they need to see that you're reliable, that you're consistent. If he backs it up, even halfway through next season, stay still in San Francisco, I think he will be properly rewarded. All right, let's switch gears to the USFL and take a look back at an unbelievable week two. It is time for football USFL style. I love it. Let's go. Wow. He is putting on a show. Intercepted. Will likely. There we go, Will. Diving. It's a touchdown. That was a stick of dynamite. Our first three-point conversion. Lost the football. Touchdown. Are you kidding me? He beat this one-handed. I don't know if we have some kind of plays of the week in the USFL. That's going to be one of them. Week two of the USFL. Drop it. Oh, damn. Boy, it was definitely exciting. And now it's time to get fired up for week three. This USF football. That thing fat. That's a big boy. So we got to highlight some players, and we got to let y'all know who are the stars you must watch this week in USF ball. Marcellus Wiley. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. What's that? Can we look at the kicks? Oh, money, baby. Can we look at the kicks? Oh, money, baby. Can we look at the kicks? Can we look at the Gucci? Hold on, I ain't clean now. Can we look at the Gucci? Look at that. Look at the Gucci. Look at that. Look at the ashy ankles. Go with it, baby. So separately. So who sell in the USFL is as fresh as them kicks, big dog? Come on, man. Nobody this fresh. Oh, yes, there is. There's one guy. He's a cornerback. His name is Will Likely. Even his name is fresh. Dude played for the Houston Gamblers. Likely was an all Big Ten at Maryland. And now he's showing what he can do in the Pros already has two interceptions. Oski, Oski in the first two weeks of the season. Last week he returned one 62 yards for a touchdown. Also forced a fumble, which has made him a candidate for USFL Defensive Player of the Week. Beast, Acho. Mm. So who's your star to watch? And on? he what? will likely ball this week. He's gonna do it again. The puns off his name, dude, gotta be incredible. You like that? Yo, how about Kyle Sluter? Oh, dude, quarterback, beast. Offensive player of the week last week. Here's what I love about him more than anything. Resiliency sell. He was with the Vikings. He was with the Bears. And he was with the Lions in the NFL. But now he with these breakers out there breaking them off offensively. 250 (laughs) passing yards on his way to being named, like I told y'all. Offensive player of the week. Now he is dealing with a hand injury. But that ain't going to stop him. We got to keep an eye on what's going to shake out closer to kickoff. But you got to keep your eyes on this dude. He can't keep his eyes on you, though, because the the, the, the vibe. Hey, I couldn't do that when I played. I was like, uh, what if it got foggy? You, know, them dark, you can do a dark visor? I couldn't do a dark visor. would have had 15 sacks instead of 13 and a half. Damn, that's how we treat each other? Okay. I got a joke coming. It's coming. All right. So, you, so read that right there. Paul. I wanted you to. You got the fresh Gucci's on. All right. We're just two days away from that. This going to rip. From the action <laughs> continuing with a Saturday doubleheader at Fox. Four Eastern, the Tampa Bay Bandits take on the Houston Gamblers. Then the Birmingham Stallions battle the New Orleans Breakers. Close out the Bulls last night and will now face a red 
hot Celtics team that completely dismantled Kevin Durant and the Nets and Marcellus Wiley had no idea that was coming, but I tried to tell... Oh, that's not important. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Whoa, you on the roll today. <laughs> now, Giannis, he did win it all last year, but his running mate Chris Middleton will reportedly miss the entire series for Boston. Mm. Jason Tatum, mm. a three-time All-Star, he's still looking for his finals appearance. So mm. we got big dog Giannis, we got mm. big dog Tatum, mm. but more importantly, yeah. we got big dog Slick, Rick, yes. Buker, NBA analyst extraordinaire. Marcellus, you up first. Yeah. Who has more stake, Jason Tatum or Giannis? Damn, I wish my running mate was out for a few <laughs> I'm Giannis. Oh, man. Look, it's Jason Tatum. Let's just be real about it. Who has more to gain? Jason Tatum. Because Jason Tatum's trying to get where Giannis is. Champion. Thought of as a great. Solidified. Who has more to lose? Same guy. Jason Tatum. Why? Because he's on the hottest team right now that's healthy. That's not Giannis. Giannis is already protected as a champion. Want to know why? Remember when Steph Curry lost that championship after winning the championship. Nobody came down and killed Steph Curry. They just said, go out there, retool, reload, and go get KD. And it's going to be a wrap. But Jason Tatum's not in that position right now. He doesn't have that mattress to lie on. But Giannis does. If Giannis loses this series to the red-hot Boston Celtics, number one defense Boston Celtics, with that two-headed monster between him and Jalen Brown, you know what people are going to say? Without Chris Middleton? Uh, we kind of expected that, Giannis. So more to gain and more to lose. It's the guy who's trying to prove something. It's Jason Tatum. Ah, uh, so I completely disagree. I like Ooh. your answer, but Ooh, really? for me, it's Giannis. And very simply, Giannis actually can gain something of significance. And that's why he has so much more at stake. Excuse me. If Giannis were to win this series and thus go to an NBA Finals, win another title, and win another Finals MVP, Giannis is instantly the ninth, 10th best player in NBA history. Whoa. Giannis's accomplishments and the accomplishments of that of Akeem Olajuwon are now in parallel. Giannis's accomplishments and the accomplishments of that of Kevin Durant are parallel. The only difference, Giannis would have a, another regular season MVP, and we would not debate who was the driving factor of Giannis's two championships. As Slick Rick mentioned yesterday, if Giannis wins a title and is a MVP, Giannis ushers himself ahead of Kevin Durant, and Giannis is only 27 years of age. Two finals, two finals MVPs, two regular season MVPs. Who can say that? And we don't dispute who was the driving factor. Giannis Ugo Adetokounmpo. So, Giannis has way more at stake because Giannis is flirting with greatness, top of the greatest of all time. Who is Jason Tatum? If Jason Tatum wins this series, all Jason Tatum is is Trey Young of last year. Slick, am I wrong? All Jason Tatum is is a young budding superstar who put the team on his back for a series or two, and he's really hot and sexy at the time. But who's Trey Young right now? Ugh. Ice tray is frozen cold. If Jason Tatum goes all the way to the NBA Finals and doesn't win the NBA Finals, who's Jason Tatum then? He's just Devin Booker, y'all. Slick, am I wrong? A young budding superstar that led his team to the finals but doesn't win the NBA Finals. We think of him in a little bit higher regard, but we still ain't putting much respect on his name. So Jason Tatum can go anywhere from being Trey Young to being Devin Booker unless he wins a title. Meanwhile, Giannis would end up being a top 10 player of all time, maybe 11th, and he's knocking on the door of Akeem, knocking on the door of Shaq. The only reason that he hasn't knocked the door down is because Giannis would need to play a few more years longer. So Giannis has way more to gain. I'm not going to speak of what he has to lose because to Marcellus's point, I don't think Giannis has much to lose. But Giannis has way more to gain. Slick, talk to me. Mm. 
Emmy, Emmy, Emmy. I'm with you. My dog. I am yeah. with you. Bumps, bumps, bumps. Giannis Antetokounmpo bumps. has far more at stake, but I'm not going to go where you're going historically, okay, and he's going to knock that's down fine. the door to the top ten all time and that. all that. You yeah, you can. But as of right now, for whatever reason, the basketball world has been reluctant to anoint Giannis Antetokounmpo as the best player in the game. I don't know why, but it hasn't happened. But the but the stage is set for him to grab that because who's been standing in the way? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been the guy that everybody's saying no. He's in spite of everything. If we're talking about best player in the game right now. Kevin Durant is the guy. Well, okay. So, Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics dispatch Kevin Durant in four games. Now, if Giannis Antetokounmpo dispatches the Boston Celtics and he does it without Chris Middleton, who is one of the reasons why I keep hearing that Giannis Antetokounmpo isn't actually the best player in the game because Chris Middleton is actually the closer of the of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Even though from what I saw with the Chicago beating the Chicago Bulls, everybody was when Middleton went down, oh no, this series is going to change. What are they going to do? Well, Giannis said, I, I, don't worry, I got it. I, I got these various pieces. I know what I can do. We're going to take care of it. We're okay. And did so. So the problem with putting it on Jason Tatum is that even if the Boston Celtics win this series, Jason Tatum is not going to get full credit of that. What do we give the Boston Celtics? What reason do we have for the Boston Celtics being where they are? Number one of all things is their defense. Who leads that defense? Well, presumably it would be the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. So Jason Tatum is already... Uh, coexisting with another huge factor with this team. And so even if they win the series, we're not suddenly going to anoint Jason Tatum the best player in the oh league. But if Giannis Antetokounmpo knocks off the Boston Celtics, that reluctant basketball world that refuses to see Giannis, as I see Giannis, mm, I see is going to have no choice but to acknowledge that Giannis is without question the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. That's what he has at stake. Mm, can't believe it. Great, great argument. I respect y'all side fully. I think it's incomplete, though. Let's talk about it. Jason Tatum is at a place where you guys are not giving him full credit for where he is right now. And if you give me a scenario with Giannis and you finish that scenario out, admit it, Acho, you went to Giannis winning the finals, mm-hmm. two-time finals MVP then, all of a sudden surpassing Kevin Durant. You did all of those scenarios. Yes, sir. But you didn't do that for Jason Tatum. Correct. You stopped this short and made him Trey Young, who didn't win it all. And now what if Jason Tatum wins it all? Yes, sir. All of a sudden he goes from being who Jason Tatum is now to in the early Kobe conversation. Correct. Remember, Kobe shared that with Shaq, but really, Shaq was the driver. But still, there was arguments about Kobe being more than just a passenger, correct? Now, Jason Tatum right now is a three-time All-Star. That wasn't Kobe Bryant before his first championship. He's a one-time All-NBA player. Everywhere else in this argument, Giannis is smoking, smoking Jason Tatum. But we're not going to compare Jason Tatum now at 24 to Giannis. We're going to compare Jason Tatum this young in his career to what it did for Kobe if he were to win a championship. And this is another reason why I think you guys are wrong. Because you tell me that Giannis doesn't have much to lose in this conversation. Well, conversely, that means he also 
doesn't have much to gain. Let's just be real. We all know about leverage. Leverage works in a high-low situation. You played football, y'all. Uh, you played football, Acho. Let's talk it. Why do we have to be low? Because most of the action is up high. So you go low, you create the leverage, and all of a sudden you got something off the opposing forces. So if Giannis doesn't have much to lose, does he really have that much to gain other than the likability you have for Giannis trying to make him surpass Kevin Durant? All I want from you guys is to be objective. If Jason Tatum wins this series, he's going to put himself in higher ground. That higher ground could go as high as young Kobe level. And y'all trying to tell me he doesn't have more at stake? I don't see that. Uh, well, so first off, we have to point out the flaw in your logic. And I think Slick and I both agreed when you said he doesn't have much to lose, thus he doesn't have much to gain. That's just an incorrect correlation. Let's hear it. You cannot have much to lose and still have a ton to gain. You cannot have much to gain and still have a ton to lose. So I don't think there's a correlation between not having much to lose, not having much to gain. It sounded now, good, though. It did. It sounded phenomenal. Something I would say. Conversely, too. I use that word. <laughs> um... The, you're right. I did not walk Jason Tatum all the way down Thank the line. You. Do it. More than I think young Kobe, I would probably say young D. Wade because at least Kobe had a little greater air with him because he had three titles with Shaq. Young D. Wade, really good player. Oh, dang, won a chip with Shaq and mm. put the team on his back. Mm. Oh, wow. So mm. I would say more young D. Wade than I would say young Kobe mm. only because Kobe had a greater runway than D. Wade and Jason Tatum does not yet have the runway because he ain't got the chips. Mm. However, you are exactly right on that point. Mm. It's still honest, though, for this reason. What humans have a hard time with is understanding what's in front of their eyes. But what they don't necessarily have a hard time with is the transitive property. Slick, you know the transitive property. You were uh, Ivy League adjacent. Sal, you know the transitive property. <laughs> what? Adjacent? <laughs> Ivy League adjacent? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dartmouth. You adjacent, if you wish. <laughs> that, yeah. I only, I only regard. Uh, I lost my chair. I only regard Columbia, Yale, <laughs> and Brown. Um, not even Harvard. Oh, oh wow! Not Princeton. <laughs> my friends at Princeton have a word with you too. Yeah, them dudes. Are you so silly? Slick. Here's my point, though. My point is this. What's your point? If the Celtics beat the Nets, but then the Bucks beat the Celtics, all of a sudden we are going to make it very evident that wait a second, what Kevin Durant couldn't do, Giannis did. With less help. Mm. What Kevin Durant couldn't do with Kyrie Irving, Giannis did without Chris Middleton. And Slick, that is the mm. point that needs even no further enunciation or explanation is, <laughs> dang, it's, it's clear now. <laughs> Kevin good. Durant couldn't do it. And Giannis could do it with less than what Kevin Durant had. Yeah, so real. now we God, automatically know who's greater in the here and now. If Giannis goes on to win, we know who's going to be greater in legacy form. We just know so much more about Giannis as opposed to sell. Even if Tatum were to win a chip, Tatum has to share his glory. He got to share his glory with Marcus Smart. He got to share his glory with Jalen Brown. Mm. And if we're being real, if the Celtics were to go that far and slick Rick, a rookie first-year head coach, Ime Udoka, ends up winning a title. He got to share his glory with Ime Udoka as well. Jason Tatum has a lot more glory to share. Giannis wins it all. He's just sitting on the throne talking about King me. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, you got to give me a second so I can climb back on the wagon with you, Acha, you just elbowed <laughs> yeah, me in the street with that no. Ivy League adjacent. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do you guys, could you guys put down the helium, both of you? Because you're both like extrapolating into, we're comparing Jason Tatum 
with Kobe Bryant and his legacy. Young and Acho wants the Giannis to be suddenly like vaulting these guys on the all-time great list. I don't know that any of that can happen as a result of winning or losing this particular series. That's fair. Correct. You can only do that if okay. you start projecting beyond yes, this. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just look at the here and now in okay. terms of what the Celtics did to the Brooklyn Nets and did to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the way everyone is looking at this Milwaukee Bucks team going into this series without Chris Middleton. There is a question mark there about the Milwaukee Bucks. People doubting. You guys said it yourself. If they lose the series, Giannis doesn't lose anything. Milwaukee Bucks don't lose anything. That may be fair. I see them a little bit different. I expect them to win the series without Chris Middleton. And why do I expect that? Because of what I believe that Giannis Antetokounmpo has proved himself to be and will prove himself to be once again, which is the guy that can make up for Chris Middleton, that is the guy that uh, demonstrated what he could do to be the finals MVP, not just to be a great two-way player, but to be the guy that is able to close, to hit that important mid-range shot or make that play out of the mid-range. I am expecting that of him. I in no way expect that of Jason Tatum. I think he's going to score. I think he's a better defender than he's been given credit for. But he's not entering the best player in the league conversation because of whatever happens in this series. Giannis Antetokounmpo, because of what the Boston Celtics did to Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets, if he takes care of business against the Celtics without Chris Middleton, with the way people are thinking about the, the, the Celtics and the Bucks going into this series... That is what he has to gain. And that's why I believe that he has the most at stake. And I would even say that he does have something to lose. Because if they do lose, then we're going to go back to that. See, they needed Chris Middleton. Chris mm. Middleton is actually the X Factor, the closer. That's going to be hanging on Giannis as it is right now. This is his opportunity to answer that. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm glad you said that because Acho got me a little pumped up. Anytime you bring up Kevin Durant's name and saying how oh, this can get you past him, I'm like, look, we got to bring the, the smoke. We got to bring the objective numbers. I will say this about Jason Tatum, though, because him and Kobe are really similar in their fifth years. Like Jason Tatum, higher scoring average, but same amount of all-stars. But Kobe was already a champion. But that was a shared experience or a shadowed experience for Kobe Bryant. Where if Jason Tatum goes out there and get this one this year, at best you could say shared, but not overshadowed experience by Jalen Brown. And I think that's going to put him in a conversation that is rarer in air than where he is right now. But to your point, Slick, I'm going to calm down. All we're talking about is the second round of the Eastern Conference. So we'll see how far they can take it. But I think there's a sky's the limit, at least with Tatum. Coming up, Doc Rivers knows something about being up 3-1 to one in a series. Yes, we do, Clippers. We'll tell you how much pressure is on his shoulders to finish off the Raptors next on Speed for Yourself. The other side. Oh, yeah. The Sixers can close out their series against the Raptors tonight. Philly won the first three games, but have lost two in a row. Uh-oh, Doc Rivers, the only coach in NBA history to lose three 3-1 to one series leads. And that fact came up yesterday. 
Take a listen. <laughs> well, it's easy yeah, to use probably. me as an example, uh, but I wish y'all would tell the whole story with me. All right, I would say with me, some of them is we got. I got to do better always. I always take my own responsibility, uh, and then some of it is circumstances happen. You know, this one, let's win it, and we don't have to talk about it. Ooh. Slick is back. Acho, how much pressure is on Doctor? Finish off the Raptors. Good. You yes. could tell by his response how much pressure is on. Yeah, him. damn. Because the pressure getting. I wish y'all would tell the whole story. <laughs> That's how much pressure is on Doc. Um, all the pressure is on Doc Rivers to finish out and close out this series, and hopefully he gets it done in six. Here is why. I think if Doc doesn't close out this series, then Doc's greatness with the Celtics will finally be undermined in totality. Wow. We always look back at Doc winning a chip with the Celtics. But in my mind, though I love Doc Rivers as a human being, I believe Doc Rivers is a career underachiever as a coach. Ooh. Doc, you could not take the Clippers with Lob City to the Western Conference Finals. You could not take the Clippers with PG and Kawhi to the Western Conference Finals. You depart and they instantly go to the finals. Doc, I'm starting to catch on to you, man. Because though you won a chip in Boston, you only won one. I say only because when you have a team comprised of some of the greatest players in history, we see multiple chips won. LeBron James, D. Wade, Chris Bosh. When you have a team comprised of some of the greatest players in NBA history, we see multiple chips won. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. But Doc Rivers, you only won. One. So if Doc Rivers doesn't close out this series, we're really going to focus in on the fact that he is the greatest choking head coach in big games in the history of the sport. And that is not fair to Doc Rivers, but unfortunately, his resume precedes him. So Doc got all the pressure on him, and he knows it as well. So the pressure is so high right now on Doc Rivers that he is revising history. He asked us to tell the whole story about him. Well, I was there for it all, so I am happy to tell you, and I will try to make it quick. Please. He won his Coach of the Year award as a rookie coach for going 41 and 41 with the Orlando Magic (laughs) and failing to make the playoffs. There were two teams, Milwaukee and Detroit. They went 42 and 40. He lost to one of that Milwaukee team the second, the last game of the season. 41 and 41. I'm assuming that all the votes went in early. But how, you know, we take issue with Nikola Jokic winning MVP and not going very far in the playoffs. How do you win coach of the year and your team doesn't even make the playoffs? I don't even know who you're, it doesn't matter who you're coaching. I didn't vote for him that year, obviously. That Orlando team that lost 3-1 and he said, we were the eighth seed and we played against a Pistons team that won the championship. They won the championship the next year. And... They won that championship only after they acquired Rasheed Wallace. Going into that year that they blew the 3-1 series, the Detroit Pistons were the number one seed, but they were considered to be weaker than the New Jersey Nets, the loaded Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson, New Jersey Nets, which is why... Doc sat Tracy McGrady the last game of the season so that they would lose to the Milwaukee Bucks so that they would face those Detroit Pistons rather than the number two seeded New Jersey Nets. And then if you look at the two teams, Ben Wallace is probably arguably the best player on the Detroit Pistons team. 
Uh, he had a bad ankle coming in that series. Yet another reason why Orlando wanted to tank and avoid New Jersey. Thought they would have a, an easier way with Detroit, which they did through the beginning of that. Why did they? Because they had the best player in the series. There was only one all-NBA first-team player in that series, and that was Tracy McGrady, who led the league in scoring that year. Prime Tracy McGrady. It's why they were able to go up 3-1. And the one weakness the Detroit Pistons had was that they couldn't score. And yet, they scored, they averaged 91 a game during the regular season. They scored 98, 102, and 108 in the last three games of that series to win it. I could go to the Clippers series. I'm sure that Marcellus knows all about oh. that. The Chris Paul, he didn't play. He only missed two games. What? Yeah, he missed the first two games when they were 1-1. He played Blake the last five, what including Blake the three that you lost. It wasn't so, Blake's fault. And then we want to go to the bubble. Montrezl Harrell got, was out of shape. Lou oh. Williams couldn't play. You still played them. Die. Like, I'm sorry, Doc. Like, your hands, your foot, your fingerprints are all over every single one of these 3-1 losses. Mm. So for you to say, hey, tell the whole story about me, mm. I am more than happy to. But I don't really think it was what you were after. I'm here for you, Doc. I'm here, man. <laughs> Golly. Yes, there's pressure on Doc Rivers. Yes, but is he a perpetrator? No, and we're going to get to that later. First, mm. let's talk about this pressure. Doc Rivers, I have never coached in my life until this year, maybe a month and a half into my coaching tenure. I know what you're feeling, big dog. You look and sound like a guy who has some sleepless nights scripting about this moment right here, being prepared for this moment right here. And I had sleepless nights after my first game when it gets said in the Cleveland Browns. I told y'all this story before. I got to remind y'all. They beat us 42 to 6. They beat us so bad we couldn't even get the extra point, y'all. It was real out there. And I stayed up ready for the moment I had to address my team. Doc Rivers now knows he has to address his team because his team knows that Doc Rivers comes in with a reputation that precedes him. And it's not so positive up 3-1 in a series. That said, I know how you feel, Doc Rivers. You're sitting there like, I want to explain this situation. Yeah, you can't do that, Doc. You know these are the breaks. That's how it goes as a player, and that's how it goes as a coach. Nobody wants to hear all those excuses because they sound useless. That said, oh, Acho, I need to see your face. Get, I know Doc is. You ain't got to show me me. That's not who I am. I need to see Acho because you kind of went there without going there, but I think you went What's there. Up, you probably went past there. You called him a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Doc. You are guilty of reminding people of one of your weaknesses, which is being up in this series. You're guilty of that, but everything else you're innocent of. This is why I don't believe in champions just broadly. You know why? Because every champion tells me two things. One, this is why you win a championship, because they can't take it back from you. They can't say anything to you once you get it. And then Acho going to come up here retroactively and want to say that if Doc Rivers loses this series, all of a sudden, we got to go all the way back to, what, 2008 
and undermine what's already written in stone. That's what I don't get about champions. What's the point of winning it all and then somebody going to come back and start to look at it differently than what you achieved? So, Acho, you didn't call him a perpetrator, but you said every other word that was synonymous to perpetrator. Please explain yourself. I don't think that I... You can't take away what Doc did historically, but what you can do is understand who Doc is. That's what I'm trying to do, Sal. We look at Doc Rivers and we say, man, he won a championship. Mm Mm-hmm. But I simply say, one championship? What's wrong with that? What do you, what's wrong with that is you coach some of the greatest players the game has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. I ain't even talking about T-Max Lick. I'm talking about greatest players the game has ever seen and multiple of them on the same team mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you have one chip to show for it? KG? Paul Pierce, are we talking bench warmers? And, and the fourth best player on the team is Rondo in his prime. The fourth best player on the team was Rondo in his prime. And you have one chip to show for it? For me, Sal, I no longer look at that rather as an overachievement or even achievement, but an underachievement. And the same manner in which we look at Aaron Rodgers. And you mm. say, Aaron Rodgers, you're so great and have only been to one Super Bowl? Like, disregard how mm. many you have won. You're that great and have only been to one. Slick, I know you're familiar with football, so I do not mind having this conversation. Peyton Manning, as great as he is, one to several. Tom Brady, as great as he is, one to several. Joe Montana, as great as he is, one to several. Patrick Mahomes, as great and still as young as he is, has been to a couple. But Aaron Rodgers, in all your greatness, you've only been to one. You can't take away that one, but what you can do and say, man, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he's sure didn't amount to much greatness collectively. So what I'm saying with Doc Rivers sell is not mm. taking away the one, but I'm saying, Doc, mm. as many greats as you coached historically, you only won one chip. It just doesn't add up to me, Sal. KD, LeBron, Akeem, Shaq, Duncan, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, all of those greats we debated yesterday, multiple titles, mm. because that's what greats do. Win multiple titles. And even if not Jerry West, at least he went to nine. I understand he only won one, but at least he went to nine. But Doc Rivers, you only won one. And Mm. then with the Clippers, the same Clippers that Ty Lue Mm. and his young coach himself took to the finals. (laughs) You couldn't take to the finals in all of your wisdom and glory. Nah, Sal, I'm not going to take away the title, but I am going to furthermore understand who Doc Rivers is. Wow. Yeah, to continue your comparison. With Aaron Rodgers. We think of Aaron Rodgers and, and the numbers, and we think Aaron Rodgers is a championship-caliber quarterback. Do we not? Like mm-hmm. we, we just immediately connect that because of the great individual things that he's done. I believe that's the way we look at Doc Rivers. We've looked at him since he won that ring in Boston Celtics that he is a championship-caliber uh, coach that – If you think that you have a team that is primed to play for a championship, well, now you just need to go get get that guy who can direct them there, who can take them the last mile. That's the assumption that we made as a result of what happened in Boston. And what Doc Rivers has been proving ever since is that maybe it was Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo and KG and Ray Allen that took them the last mile. That it, was, it wasn't that Doc Rivers was a championship-caliber coach. 
It was that he happened to be the coach of a championship caliber team in that particular year because he's had multiple opportunities since then where the regular season records look good, where the talent looks like it's primed to make it happen. But then you get, and even to the point where you're up in a series 3-1 to get you to the next step, and yet you don't get there. And I'm sorry, Marcellus, but when you're up 3-1 in a series and you have three cracks at getting one more win, and you can't bring it home, mm. and yet you had the horses to win three. Mm. That's a good Somebody point. ain't making the right decisions. That's a good point. Somebody ain't playing the right rotations. Mm. Somebody ain't giving them the right minutes mm. or calling the right plays mm. because clearly you have the requisite talent to get there, mm-hmm. and it's not being finished. Let's talk. Um we're having this conversation at different vantage points. Therefore, it's coming out differently and it's coming out respectfully. I like that. The NBA was started, they say, 1946 with 11 teams. Now, obviously, 75 years later, plus we have 30 teams. You know how many NBA coaches have won a championship? By my bad numbers and research, I found 34. Mm-hmm. There's two conversations that spur off of that. Because Doc Rivers is one of those 34. One, 34 in 75 years. 34. You know how many coaches there have been? I don't know. Let's say thousands. <laughs> Thousand. Tell me if Jerry Sloan, George Carl, Don Nelson, Hubie Brown were great coaches. Everyone would say yes. Were they championship coaches? No. So whatever you think of them, you better think another notch higher for Doc Rivers. I read once that most people look at success the wrong way. They look at success as an expectation, like, oh my God, that person is successful. And then you start to say, well, why didn't they win more? Why didn't they do more? Instead of what you should be looking at as success is not an expectation, but it's an anomaly. Just to get anything is something in this world, let alone a championship, which is a large part out of Doc Rivers' control because he doesn't cross the lines and get on the court. As I showed you, hundreds if not thousands of coaches and some of them great their own selves who did not ever get to where Doc Rivers got to. So I'm not going to sit up here and let y'all talk about Doc Rivers like he ain't a made man. You got to put some respect on Doc Rivers' name. Even if there's another letdown, that won't erase the greatness that he already has achieved. Coming up... Did I help you out, Doc? Where are the Lakers pressured into trading for Russell Westbrook? Tell you if we have an issue with them blaming LeBron for the move. Next, on Speak for Yourself. Be surprised by success. We played a blame game on our show. But apparently, the same thing is happening with the Lakers. Reports say the front office is, quote, internally blaming pressure from clutch sports for the trade that brought them Russell Westbrook. Clutch Sports just happens to represent LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Slick Rick, back with us to sell you up first. You got an issue with the Lakers blaming LeBron for the rush trade? I do. I actually got an issue with it because LeBron James, think about it. We know he's powerful. We know he's LeBron James. He's the greatest player ever to play the game of basketball, and he wears a Lakers uniform. And they gave him the keys to make some of these moves. I'm certain of that. But they also kept their hand on the wheel when LeBron wanted to change lanes with that same power that they gave him. So you can't blame LeBron 
especially let's talk about what we're talking about for Russell Westbrook. If you're not going to let LeBron at the trade deadline make his move to get Russell Westbrook out of here, as was reported. Now, for all y'all who say that Russell Westbrook was so bad, y'all need to look again because y'all kept saying, man, look how he turned the ball over. Do you know that Russell Westbrook had fewer turnovers this year, his fewest since 2013? Y'all leave that man alone. He shot. Look at him shoot. He missed all these shots. He shot better from the field this year than he did last year before he came to the Lakers. So all I see is a lot of blame game and a lot of scapegoating. But LeBron James, in terms of roster construction, we've seen some of the youngsters go out of town mysteriously. Lonzo Ball, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram. But don't forget, before LeBron James, we still had that same curiosity and those same departures. Remember? Who in the hell signed Timothy Mozgov to that much? Who in the hell signed Lou Aldang before LeBron got here? Messing up the construction of this team. Who in the hell couldn't get a meeting with Kevin Durant as he spurred and shunned the Lakers? Who couldn't get Dwight Howard to sign here? That ain't on LeBron. So to me, this is a situation where you gave him the keys and you let him steer, but then you kept your hand on the wheel. Can't do that if you're the Lakers. So I ain't got an issue with the Lakers blaming LeBron. I do. Uh, LeBron's worthy of the blame. Think about it. We praise LeBron when he goes out there and he balls out. So why can we not blame him now when he constructs this team negatively? Now, the Lakers made the right decision by giving LeBron James a power. Because what LeBron James has proven is even if he makes the wrong decision, he will make that wrong decision right on the basketball court. Mm. Even if LeBron James doesn't acquire the necessary pieces that you or I think he should, he still ends up in the NBA Finals. Remember, nine finals in 10 years. Only reason he didn't make it was because he got hurt. So he's proven to consistently make wrong decisions right. But this year, he made the wrong decision and he left it wrong. Couldn't even make it right. That's all on LeBron. A Lakers roster only ends up with the likes of Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis because of LeBron James. And meanwhile, LeBron James watches Alex Caruso, mm. KCP, mm. guys like Matthews who are now balling somehow, some way, walk mm. out the building. Brandon Ingram, remember a couple years ago, walk out the building and now look at who and what Brandon Ingram is and what he is doing. Mm. So I praise LeBron because he is worthy of our praise when he's worthy of our praise. But at this point in time, he deserves a blame for the struggles. agreement that there's no question that the clutch agency and LeBron were behind getting Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. That they yeah. are the ones that made the Lakers do this or pressured them into doing this. Good. I'm glad we're there. Do I have a problem <laughs> with the Lakers blaming clutch for that? Yes, I do. Because one of the first things that we learn, what do we learn as kids? Just because somebody tells you to do something doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> That's, that is at the heart of what the Lakers did. Just because LeBron and the clutch agency want you to go get Russell Westbrook doesn't mean ultimately that you have to do it. But my biggest issue with this is that we're talking about this now. And Ooh. apparently the Lakers front office is talking about this now. That's water under the bridge. That's done. There's no coming back from that. Who cares who was behind or whether you should have or what Buddy Heald might have been able to do or Durant. Like, none of that matters now. You have a finite period of time with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. What are you going to do going forward? And I would dare say that trying to put the blame on last season on clutch agency 
isn't going to make things any easier moving forward in getting something done. So I, that's my biggest issue is the fact that this is an issue and that we're talking about it. If the Lakers have any hope of rebounding from last season, it's not trying to figure out who's really at fault or letting everybody know who's really at fault for what happened. It's figuring out how do we move on from here with what we have. Mm, tremendous point right there, Slick, in terms of the Lakers organization and the dysfunction. And once again, the leaking and the infighting that is occurring up there. You got LeBron James for how many more years of this level of greatness? You better make that man happy at the same time. Build surrounding pieces that he can use properly as resources. Till they come to that agreement together, we won't see it materialize probably on the court. Coming up, Kevin Durant, my dog has never been shy about engaging with fans on social media. Tell you if we love or hate KD. Clapping back on everybody. That's next on Shoot for Yourself. The Nets are out of the playoffs after being swept by the Celtics, so Kevin Durant has plenty of time for social media. Love it. KD is known for engaging with critics online. And he did it again yesterday with a series of tweets, including with this person who asked, well, are you more likely to respond if it is a hate comment or supportive comment? I love you, you failure. KD <laughs> simply responded, hate. <laughs> so I chose, you love the hate, KD, clapping back at critics right now. Man, honestly, I'm indifferent about it right now. Indifferent. Um, the reason being, he's not actually like diminishing or demeaning people's value and worth. Oh. That's the only time I don't love the clap mm. back. That was hilarious. And mm. in all honesty, he made that person's day. Mm. Now, the only thing that you should have to start to wonder, though, Sal, you know what they say, you are what you eat, right? Whatever you consume is uh, what comes out of you what? or out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, mm. whichever verse, whichever quote y'all like of life. Kevin Durant, uh -oh. we know he lives off the negativity. And we know that he's lived off of the negativity to one of the most illustrious careers that we've ever seen. However... If we were to look at our top 10 list that you and I derived yesterday, and for those that didn't watch, our list looked something or sounded something along the likes of Jordan, Kobe, Byrne, Shaq, Wilt, Bill Russell, LeBron, uh, LeBron yeah. Magic, Kareem, Akeem. That was roughly what our list sounded like. Yeah. I would say, so that Kevin Durant, from a talent perspective, exceeds Ooh. eight out of maybe those 10. He wasn't in my top 10. He was 12. From a talent alone perspective, from height, from weight, from mm. ability, all those things, I would say he exceeds mm. the majority of those people on my list, okay. at least. So if he exceeds by talent the majority of the people on the list, then you start have to start to ask yourself, why hasn't he exceeded by accomplishment? Mm. Because by accomplishment, all of those people have him beat. Yeah. So you could clearly blame it on team, structure, organization, or you could say, man, KD, maybe your mantra of negativity isn't working for you. Maybe you should try another one. So while this at service level is actually just hilarious, mm. there is a nuanced approach where it's like, man, KD, as mm. great as you are, you're more talented than just about anybody that's ever played ball, but you aren't as accomplished. So maybe you should start to change up how you fuel yourself off negativity because maybe this negativity-only diet isn't the best for your success. Mm. You know I love it. Um, I, I, maybe I love KD because there's a piece of me, a fiber in me that is the same as KD, which is I'm not really trying to start anything, but if you start some, it's going to be some. And I love that because energy can't be created or destroyed. 
just transferred. So you trying to give me bad energy? Oh, here's my transfer slip back at you. I'm built like this. No matter what you say to me, it can hurt me. But trust me, it ain't going to stop me. I could take in all the negativity in the world and, and I read everything I can as much time as I have online. And a lot of it is positive and a lot of it is negative. And I just transfer it to the right place. I don't think it always has to harbor in you as a poison or a negative. And you can't make me feel less of myself than I feel of myself. So when people get into this exchange, like, oh, why are you diminishing someone, making them feel less than themselves? That's a you problem. That's a your choice. You say whatever to me, dog. I'm still going to think of me as up here. But if you think that you got the power to make me feel less about myself, uh, you better go check the mirror right there. So I'm going to love with KD for doing this. Now, to your other point, I don't think he's more talented than all them cats. LeBron, is he more talented than LeBron? Don't do that. No. Is he more talented than Kareem? Physically, I would say so. Whoa! Kareem was like the first giraffe that could move like but that. But he a giraffe that could move like that better. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, interesting. You, yeah, you, you got time? You got time? Nah, that's right. COVID. But oh, we got it. I was. Let me see the list. Bring the list. Bring, bring the, the list. Who is Cap? No, no, no matter. No matter. No matter. Which one? Which? Who is Kevin Durant more talented than on this list? Go. So he's more talented than Bird. He's more talented physically than Kobe. He's more talented, obviously, than Tim Duncan. He's more talented than Kareem. He's more talented <laughs> right, than Magic. I don't okay. think he's as talented as I Will. I don't think he's as talented physically and talent-wise as Shaq. And I would say LeBron. LeBron and Jordan. What about Jordan? I, Uh-oh. Jordan? I think KD his was birth six, was 50. KD was 6'11 with handles and a crazy shot. Versions, huh? oh, we know it. LeBron and Shaq are those the only ones that are like unquestioned? No, you ain't got Shaq. You ain't got LeBron. Uh, Kareem for me, but I hear you. I can hear the argument, and, and Jordan, I can hear the argument as well. Golly, this is a debate. <laughs> oh, it's a good. We got to have that one one time. These are Transformers, Autobots, and Decepticons. <laughs> Coming up, the Packers and Chiefs both made huge trades and now have two picks in the first round. We'll tell you who's under more pressure to get it right. That's next. Don't speak for yourself. Yeah, that's the conversation. Yeah. yeah. But 6'11 with those handles. Packers and Chiefs both traded all pro wide receivers this offseason and Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill. But now, both teams have multiple picks in tonight's first round of the NFL Draft. Green Bay got picks 22 and 28, and KC back-to-back 29 and 30. Sell. Who is under more pressure to nail the first round tonight, Chiefs or Packers? I think it's the Packers. Um, They need receivers, multiple receivers, and more importantly, they need a difference maker at receiver. What's the use of giving the whole house and farm to Aaron Rodgers and then you go like, who are you going to throw the ball to? Not this level of receiving core. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're betting on Patrick Mahomes, who they already have paid. They're betting on Andy Reid and his system offensively. And he's betting on that he has some stars on the defensive side that needs to continue to grow and fully mature. It just seems like they're empty cupboards in Green Bay more so than in Kansas City. I love what you said, and I'm going to steal it uh, going forward. But it's like they gave Aaron Rodgers a whole farm with no animals. (laughs) What's the point? Uh-huh, ain't got no chickens. No beasts. <laughs> no chickens. <laughs> so, no if you're the Packers, the Packers have to nail the draft much more yeah. than the Chiefs. Being real, the Chiefs, first off, have already been to two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. Let's so, go. Patrick Mahomes is already like, honestly, I've been to two Super Bowls in the first five years of my career. Been to the uh, championship game four times. Like, it's not like I'm a made man, but, like, first five years of my career – Gone pretty well. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers looking at the first 15 years of his career talking mm. about, I've only been to one Super Bowl. I've only won one Super Bowl. 
it's not enough. There's more pressure on Rodgers and the Packers because Rodgers, too, is what? I believe 38 years of age. Mm. Rodgers' window okay. is much close, closer to closing than Patrick Mahomes' window. So for that reason, Sal, you got to get it right with Rodgers. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers knows this, that people are rooting for his downfall. It will be accelerated. His downfall, and it will be exaggerated, his demise, because people don't like him right now, compared to Patrick Mahomes, True. where people are going to resist seeing Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes fall down. Even though we saw it go from here to Super Bowl championship to here to here, people still were fighting that. With Aaron Rodgers, oh, they fueling that. Coming up, Giannis' Bucks are playing the Celtics next, but he apparently has not seen them play. Tell you if he's keeping it 100 or 99. You better give me that KD energy on this one now. Next on Speak for Your We only know how to keep it 100. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do, especially during commercial break. But uh, y'all out there, y'all keep it 99. So each day we're going to get to the bottom of who's really telling the truth. Case in point, the Bucks will match up with the Celtics in the conference semis. But Giannis apparently has no clue on what Boston's been up to. Take a listen to this. I've impressed me from uh, Boston. I don't watch basketball. I haven't watched Boston. No, I'm being serious. I don't watch basketball. I, I get too intense. I started sweating and stuff. You know, my body gets tensed up. I'm, you know, sitting with my kids and I'm like, breathe, you know. I can't watch basketball, so I haven't watched them. I told y'all, let's keep it at 100 or 99. I'm going to go 100. Giannis mm. hasn't shown us yet, Sal, that he be lying, and he does a lot of things that are wild. Yeah. So the fact that Giannis says he doesn't watch basketball, it's believable to me. Giannis doesn't carry himself like the rest mm. of NBA players on the court, mm. so why do we have to assume he does off the court? I just knew he was lying until I saw him talk, and I realized he's keeping it at 100. Um, three syllables in basketball, though. Yeah. All right, and here's the second thing. He looked down. This is when you know you're telling the truth when you're talking about kids. He looked down. He said, I look at my kids. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some old daddy stuff right there. That's it for us. Say basketball. Fox Bay Live is next. Say Jaguar. Oh, man, you and Yannis got a list going. Come on, bro. What did he say? What was he saying? <laughs> what did he say for real?